from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. This is Melody. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we are back again to talk all things media. We have an awesome episode coming at you tonight. Yes, we may have been a little bit delayed in our episodes for a couple weeks, but now you're just getting them one after the other. It's great content, people. We are excited to share it with you. Hey, Melody, real quick. Why in the world does Chad sound so awful? I think we should let Chad explain it. Unless Melody really wants to. Chad, do explain your situation. Yes, my internet is... Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was helpful. All right. Well, Chad doesn't want to talk about it, so we'll just let you know. Chad has no internet. He has to be on his phone. It's very sad for all of us, but somehow we'll make it through. So let's talk about some movies. Welcome to the main event. For our main event, we review Finding Dory. Today's the day. Our field trip to the Stingray Migration. Stingray Migration. Migration is about going home. Home. Which is where you're from. How do the stingrays all know where to go? Instinct. Something deep inside you that feels so familiar that you have to listen to it. (gasps) My mom, my dad, I have a family. We will never forget you, Dory. What if I forget you? I miss them. You know what that feels like? Yes. Then we better get going. Grab the things I found to take you home. Isn't it great? No! Hey, you. Hi, can you help me? Yeah! Mm-mm, not good. The IMDb description reads, The friendly but forgotten blue tang fish reunites with her loved ones, and everyone learns a few things about the real meaning of family along the way. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So it's directed by Andrew Stanton and stars Ella DeGeneres, Albert Brooks. You guys know all about this movie already. So let's just go jump right in to reviewing it. It's the sequel to the, the classic by now, Finding Nemo. This sequel has been a long time coming. Uh, a lot of people have been anticipating this for a long time. So I want to know what everybody thought about the movie. So we'll start with Melly. Melly, first tell me uh, how much, I'm sure you love Finding Nemo. Tell me how much you love it. And then jump right into your thoughts on Finding Dory. Well, I do love Finding Nemo very much. I love all Pixar films, but Finding Nemo is certainly in the top tier of awesomeness. So I was very excited to see this movie. Uh, I've been counting down the days with our children to be able to go and see it. And so we got like the best theater experience possible. Cinebistro, perfect seating, food for the children, Got to cuddle up with the kids in the recliners and watch the movie. And so pretty much I can't say anything, but this was like the perfect movie experience because the movie is fantastic. And I loved every second of it, which I'm sure does not surprise anyone. Yes, it was the perfect moment. And I got to like, you know, feel all of the emotions of it with my children while we were watching. But I loved it. Of course, I loved it. It was Finding Dory. It was magical. I think it, it like looked gorgeous, of course. The, like The visuals alone are just a little hypnotizing. It's just very beautiful. And then, okay, they definitely added in possibly the most adorable character ever to hit the big screen, in my personal opinion. Baby Dory is seriously the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yep. So she, she warmed my heart greatly. 
And I, I just, I loved her storyline so much. I loved her parents so much. I loved the story in general. Um, There's a lot of love. And then you add in a crew of the awesome side characters, which I was a little concerned, like, since we're not getting some of the beloved characters from the first film back, which maybe I shouldn't say which ones are and aren't. Might be spoilers. Hmm. I'm sure everyone's seen this by now. Um, but some of the characters from the first one aren't in it. So I was like, am I going to like new characters as much as I loved the originals? Well, my answer is yes. Yes, I am. Uh, I did. I loved them. I don't know how much I should say right now. But specifically the octopus and the beluga whales. Well, and other characters too. <laughs> I don't know what those things were on the rock. Sea lions, otters. I don't know. But they were hysterical. Everything was wonderful. I loved them all. I, and, and I love the performances, especially Hank the Octopus, Ed O'Neill from, from Modern Family plays him, and he is very awesome. And Ed O'Neill's from Married with Children. Okay, <laughs> um, well, also Modern <laughs> oh, Whatever. And all the other actors were great as well. A lot of cameos in all the characters. It was maybe not the perfect movie. There was a couple things that maybe went off the rails a tiny little bit, but I have to say, like, when I was watching it, I was just just hypnotized with the loveliness of the experience and I wasn't caring about any points of the plot that I didn't like. Like, I just loved every second. If I go back and think about it, okay, there's a couple of things that whatever. But with a movie like this, you don't care about those things. You just go and you feel the love and everyone's happy and that's Finding Dory. You're welcome. So two okay. thumbs down from Melody. That's right. She so somebody, somebody go back and tally how many times she said love in that review. And uh, yeah, I so. I cuddled my kid the whole time. It was magical. Well, that's beautiful. So we will go to, uh, we'll go to Chris next. Yeah. Chris, you saw it with Melody. Did her love sway your opinion? How did you like the movie? Her, well, I don't know if her love swayed my opinion, but I definitely enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Look, this movie is setting all kinds of records, and I'm pretty sure that we if, we, if you did not put this on your top three, two, or maybe even top one earner uh, of the year in our box office, um, what do we call it? What is it called? Summer movie wager. Wager. Yeah, movie wager. There, that's the word I was looking for. I think we all may be, might be in trouble. This thing is the best opening for Pixar ever. It's the best uh, animated uh, movie opening weekend ever. That's incredible. It's doing incredible numbers. Um, and the movie is, is really- So Chris, so, so what you're saying there is that Josh putting it tent is probably not a good idea. Leave I was going to say alone. but Chad said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of it. I thought voice acting was great. It was, it was fun to see. Ed O'Neill as the father from Modern Family, and then also Ty Burrell as the other father from Modern Family. I kept feeling like I just kept hearing these Modern Family voices uh, in and throughout the story. That was it was fun to be able to hear all those guys, and everybody just seemed to be having a great time. I think the story is pretty simplistic as it should be. It's easy to understand for kids. Um, there's a lot of great, colorful characters. Uh, and, you know, honestly, Finding Nemo is one of my favorite Pixar films already. And so to try and do a sequel to it almost seemed a little bit silly. But I think the way that they were able to tell a story about family and who your family is outside of blood and what you do for your family, uh, I thought was powerful and impactful and just a really great um, a great story, very effective. And, you know, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like Melody said, there were so many great new characters. Obviously, Hank 
um, I think is going to be everywhere. Uh, I'm sure within the next couple of months, uh, Disney World will have Hank everywhere. It will just be something that has to be uh, implemented in, in all of Pixar Disney's canon stuff. So anyway, overall, it was enjoyable. It was fun. I'm not sure. I would say it's you know one of the best Pixar films uh, ever. But it definitely is a great follow-up uh, to a movie that we already loved and uh, a great continuation of a story that I think exists and has a reason to exist on its own. So I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Okay. All right. So another, uh, another raving review from Chris. So uh, perfect segue right into Josh. Josh, what did you think of Finding Dory? Well, you know, I didn't get to... My daughter is still too young to go to the movies with us. Although, tell that to the parents who brought their infants to the theater. Yeah, or whatever that was worth. Yeah, yeah, starting them <laughs> off right, screaming for two hours. No, I, I get it. There are several reasons you might want to bring your little kid, but you should bring headphones for him. That's all I'm going to say. So the movie, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was, it was good. It was decent. It had its funny moments. It had, it did have endearing characters. I'm just I'm not sure how to rank Pixar movies these days because it feels like there was a big peak and then for a while they've been kind of uh off their game. This was better than some of their some of their recent movies. Inside Out was awesome. That's true. Inside Out was great and much better than Finding Dory. Um but there have been some others recently that that uh I won't argue with that. that. Weren't. Yeah, totally. Um Finding Dory wasn't bad, don't get me wrong. I mean, but there it just felt it felt choppy and repetitive at the same time. Like it, there were scenes that kept replaying and replaying and there were kind of awkward plot devices and little Dory is the cutest thing ever. So ever. freaking cute. But in order to get that cuteness in, they had to resort to like constant flashbacks and it was, it was just, it was kind of weird. Um, they, Pixar does still know how to, you know, pull at your parent heartstrings, though. So they have that going for them. I mean, overall, the sequel felt like a lot of sequels feel like it was trying to capitalize on a beloved original franchise and just kind of making a half-hearted attempt at it. <coughs> Ghostbusters. <coughs> uh-huh. Speaking of which... <laughs> Gosh. Did you guys see the new Fallout Boy Ghostbusters song? Thanks to you, Chris. We all did. Oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Sorry, we can talk about that later. Please, let's put a pin in that and get back to it. <laughs> I need to talk. Yes, about let's, we need to play <laughs> that on the podcast. I need some therapy. <laughs> Fair use. Um, so, yeah. Finding Dory is the summary. It was good, and it, it was funny at times. And I do love the sea lions, and I love Hank, who uh, was modeled after me. I consulted on Hank. Yes. Um, <laughs> I actually thought the exact same thing. I was like, man, this is so Josh. It is. I have a heart of gold, can't you tell? <laughs> I just really want something from you first. No. But it was good. It wasn't their best. It wasn't outstanding. Okay. All right. So, so a good but not great review from Josh. So let's see what Chad thinks of Finding Dory. Did you bring your son, Chad? I did, yeah. Cole is, uh, he loves Finding Nemo, and he was very excited about seeing Finding Dory. And there were lots of young kids uh, there with their parents. It was a very excited, fun atmosphere, lots of laughter and cheering. It was just a, a very good experience. One of the highlights for me, and I'm not, I'm not making any, so hear what I'm saying. I'm not making any judgments about this person because I don't know this person, but 
the person who sat beside me, I'm going to guess, now I'm guessing here, he was probably 25, 26. And I am not exaggerating when I say that he literally clapped and bounced in his seat and cheered and cried for 30% of this movie. That was actually the most unbelievable thing. No, no, no. I mean, it it was like, welcome to Atlanta. I don't want to (laughs) go. Right. I don't. Yes. Right. I'm like, again, no judgment here. I'm just saying what happened. It sounds like you're and so I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the, the moment that happened, but there is, a, there's a place at the beginning third of, of Finding Dory where it overlaps and intersects with Finding Nemo. And you see what was happening on the other side yeah. of that film. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so when that happened, he leapt up and, and, and screamed out like a, like a, woo, and then like started shaking like he was in an Elvis concert in the 50s and couldn't control himself. I mean, it was, I, so the entertainment for me was great just to see this, this individual. Um, my Cole, my four-year-old was confused and he kept looking at him like he didn't know what's going on, but whatever. So that was fun. It's frightening but the children. Overall, yeah, back to the movie. I think Pixar essentially has three tiers, and this is unlike a lot of studios. They have like really outstanding, really good movies. They have movies that are not very good, and then they have like transcendent masterpiece level stuff. And and and, and unlike a lot of studios, Pixar I think has three or four movies that, in my opinion, are like borderline masterpiece films, like Ratatouille, like Toy Story three like Inside Out. This is definitely not in that level. It's definitely in that second tier. I've heard a lot of people say this is lesser Pixar, and I, I think that's a little der- too derogatory because this is this is still a very well uh, put together film. Uh, it is silly. It is very funny. I thought it was it had a lot of humor in it. It has a lot of silly action. It's like a caper, uh, a caper film. But in addition to those things, it does spend a substantial amount of time exploring the idea of familial loss of like Chris said of who is your extended family and what role do they play in your life of wanting to find belonging and be a part of a community. And those things, Pixar has a very unique way of actually distilling those very complex emotions down into a way that is easily digestible and immediately emotional. And so for me, I, you know, there were moments where, I definitely, Josh is right, they ring the parent bell, I got emotional, I got choked up, but it is definitely, it's definitely for me in that second tier down, but still very, very good. I laughed, I cried, um, and my my family really just had a wonderful time, and I, I Finding Nemo for me is in my top two or three Pixar movies. This one doesn't reach that level, but I absolutely love it, and I'm going to say what everybody else has said without a doubt baby dory is the cutest cartoon of all time i mean so, there, yeah, was so an audible, me, there was an audible like oh and our oh thing. yeah like, it was it was oh so, yeah and people laughed because everybody did it at the exact same time and then everybody laughed yeah. realizing that we all had had the exact same reaction to this little this exactly little so adorable and and I, you know, I think that I don't know that I haven't heard a lot of people mention it specifically, but Ellen Jenner's voice performance was wonderful, really? just really great. So, All the so, so for me, uh, agreed. I totally agree with that. It's a, it's a strong recommend. I don't, you know, I didn't walk out like wrapping my arms around it and love, 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 loving it. But the more I think about it, 
the little nitpicky thing bother me less and less, which is usually not the case. The more I think about it, I'm reminded about how difficult it is to make something that is as delightful as this film is. And it is just delightful. So I enjoyed it very much. You know, we also can't forget to mention Sigourney Weaver. Uh, her voice is great. That's what I'm saying. It's funny. It Those is. Sea lions. Oh my goodness. The sea lions are hysterical. Great. And, and how, and just so like funny. they did before, like with in Finding Nemo with the seagulls, mine, mine, mine. They did the exact same thing with them this time with the noise they make in nature. So that it, it was just, it was brilliant. It was one of those brilliant moments where they have, It's great, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Speaking of seagulls, yeah. the, the pre-movie Pixar short. Oh, beautiful. That was great. Tried oh, to make yeah. seagulls. That was seagulls amazing. Horrible creatures. But now they're like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to feel anymore. That movie was Let me say this. Only, right, only Josh could take that short, which is like, <laughs> A little, it's a dose of perfection and joy and yeah. be like, I don't know. It really is. But Chris <laughs> I, and Melody know what I mean. We no, we do. Florida. I understand Seagulls what you're saying. Terrible Seagulls are terrible, but we were watching that and my daughter, my younger one, like when the the first time the wave comes over him or whatever, she like <laughs> nearly started crying. She was like, <laughs> destroyed. And then after like a little bit into the movie, she leans over to me and she's like, mommy, I have to tell you something. I want to watch this movie. She was like, she loved it so much. Awesome. And I'm like, we are watching it, baby. Yeah. Nothing else. But she loved it. That's awesome. With all of her heart. And was, the animation was stunning. That was amazing. Was stunning. I, I was blown away. I didn't know anything about it. And when it started, the, the, the one that was in front of, um, what was it? Good Dinosaur? The, the uh, Indian. Sunday super team. Yeah. I, I wouldn't care for that one. Yeah near i mean at all really to be honest this one should win the oscar <laughs> this one is yeah this one yeah. is oscar winning it's great pretty great beautiful it's great. It really is. sorry sorry daniel i didn't mean to take away your time but yeah no it's okay it's okay <laughs> um so so from uh for me finding the you guys are like raising a lot of you are raising your kids on uh finding nemo i was 11 when finding yep. Nemo came out uh so <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I don't, I, I don't uh, like you one bit, Daniel. <laughs> not even a little bit. Same exact thing. <laughs> oh my so, um, so I grew up on Finding Nemo. Um, it, uh, it's my second favorite Pixar film of all time, second only to Wall-E, and both of those are Andrew Stanton's films. So going into Finding Dory, I, I was really excited, but you know, caution, caution, cautiously optimistic. The first thing I want to say, I want to just basically echo everything you guys said. It's fantastic. It's a really good movie. It's miles above all the other kid fare that's out there. Um, uh, but just like Chad said, I think I think you put it exactly right with the tiers of Pixar movies. This is definitely in the second tier. It's not bad, but it's not a masterpiece by any means. Uh, I really loved the animation. I think it was beautiful. I think it was really well done. And and the best uh, looking it, Pixar film I've ever seen. I think. I mean, possibly. Maybe. I would say the Good Dinosaur might give it a run for its money. Just because the good dinosaur looked beautiful, even though the plot sucked. But this one, you know, the characters were fantastic. Animation was great. It was very charming and funny. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And and I enjoyed a lot of the themes of family and and taking even sort of taking care of someone with mental illness. It was uh, handled really, I don't know, really nicely, really interestingly. Um, But there, for me, I think I I have to side closer to Josh, uh, possibly even more negative than that. Um, I, I... 
I don't know. I, I the more I think about it for you guys, um, Chad said the more he the, the more he thinks about it, the less the nitpicky stuff matters. For me, it's the opposite. The more I think about it, the more like silly the movie was. The biggest thing for me that annoyed me while I was watching the movie was that a major plot point in Finding Dory. It, it, the founding thing is that Dory has short-term memory loss. She can't remember stuff. Rememory um, loss. Yes. And they gave so up on cute. that. Come they on, gave dude. up on that so fast. She, she remembers everything in this movie. She has no short-term <laughs> memory loss at all throughout the whole movie. Like she, she remembered who Hank was the whole time. Like she remembered everything. Like she, she, they gave up on the whole short-term memory loss thing you know, after a half an hour. Um, so that annoyed that, the crap out of me. Does that really matter though? I mean, really? That's well, the point. That's what the whole movie's built on. No, no, I'm not talking about the, like the flashbacks of remembering her past, but just in the now, she's supposed to forget stuff every, you know, however many no, minutes. They had all those scenes where she turned around and repeated herself. That's supposed to make you forget about the other I, stuff. Well, hang on just a second though. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like this is a new thing for, I'm sorry. I don't want to take, but like the, the exact same thing happened in finding Nemo. It's not like this is, I know, but not to, not to this extent. Like I, she's the main character. And I think they could have utilized that, um, that aspect of her personality a little more, but I, and I am nitpicking. Like I totally, they didn't ruin the movie. Like I, I am nitpicking here, but Pixar has set a standard for themselves, and I sure. think this one didn't quite meet that. But it's still uh, heads and shoulders above any other, you know, DreamWorks or whatever. You know, it's it's still so so good. But it, it did it got a little ridiculous towards the end too. Um, like the the last sort of uh, action sequence or whatever you want to call it is probably the most. I couldn't think of another. Uh, sequence in a Pixar movie that's as ridiculous as this one, the whole truck sequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. That was that was that was dumb. That was just come on, that was great. It's definitely <laughs> cartoony for sure. Yeah, that that felt Toy Story. Or v- what? V- there's some stuff in Toy Story that is very similar in tone, at least to that. Specifically, the end of Toy Story One, I can think of like very similar. Yeah, but uh, at least that one was already set in the outside world. This one, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you might be right, but uh, I don't know. It just felt like a dream work. It felt like a scene out of a DreamWorks movie as opposed to a scene in a Pixar movie. If uh, and- I agree, I agree. That that is my one like critique. I, I love that sequence. I thought it was silly. <laughs> of course you did. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> so, the music, the music the at the end. The kids loved it a lot. Yeah, they did. The kids were like, like. Whoa. Well, and I think, I think that's a fair thing too, because I feel like it's, Pixar is kind of a victim of their own success in this regard because yeah. they have made films that are so profoundly impactful for adults yeah. that yeah. we often forget that they're, at the core, these are movies for four and five and six year old kids. And so when they skew a little bit towards that kind of thing, we immediately kind of recoil from that yeah. because I did as well. Super good but, point, when, but, but Cole loved it. Yeah. And so I had to think, I had to kind of take a step back and go, okay, well, I see yeah. what, you know, but, but it's a valid criticism for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, but I also totally agree with Chad's point too. I think that there is that wonderful point where both can love it uh, yeah. at the exact same time. And I agree, this maybe skews a little bit more toward the kid side of things, but man, for it was sure. fun. It yeah. was fun though. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, you know, I, I also agree with the comments Chad said about the repetitive nature. This was very, very repetitive, uh, you know, so that kind of got old because they were repeating the same storylines. Oh, they're safe. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, they're safe. No, they're not. And it was just kind of got old, but, um, 
But overall, I am nitpicking. I love this movie. I thought it was great. Um, I definitely, it's, it, it is quite low on my rankings of Pixar films. I would definitely put it, it's no Cars 2, but you know, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely towards the bottom, no doubt. It's, it's, it would be very close to the bottom, but, um, but still, I enjoyed it quite a bit and I, it's definitely worth taking the kids to. But even when you say that it's on near the bottom of Pixar films, that is still high yes. when it comes to all other animated films. Abs- yeah, no so, question about it. No when question. You, when we say it that way, it's kind of a, a victim, like Chad was saying, of its, of, of its mm-hmm. being a part of the Pixar universe, unfortunately, because yeah. you feel like you have to compare. But really, come on. I mean, yeah. animated film, you know. Yeah, I mean, Finding Nemo, I consider one of the best movies ever made. I yeah. mean, it's... No, uh, I yeah, so, it's perfect. It's so making perfect. a sequel, making a sequel to one of the best movies ever made, is it's naturally you know you're going to be judged against it. Uh, and so, so yeah, I agree. They're they're sort of a victim of their own standards. But so, um, well, then let's go around and let's uh, say whether we would uh, see that in theaters or not. So let's start with Melody. Would you see? Do you recommend seeing it in theaters? Yes, of course. Everyone needs to go see it, even if you don't have kids. It's just a great movie, and you will love it. Awesome, Chris. I think I know based, the answer. On, uh, based on box office receipts, you've already seen it. So <laughs> yes. Go see it again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Josh. <laughs> you, should, you should see it, but it's not, it's not something that requires a big screen. It's not a big, it's not a big set piece. It's beautiful animation, don't get me wrong, but like, especially if you're watching it with kids, it's great to be able to like, pause it and have bathroom breaks and go get food. And I say watch it at home. You bring up your, I got to bring up my kids right. They've got to respect the theater going. Josh. That's right, Chris. You tell him. Yeah. My kids didn't do it. Our kids went to the bathroom before the movie started and they stayed in their seats the entire time. They were, they were transported to another unit. Well, Kayla sat on my lap. Well, what I mean is, is they stayed, they didn't, they weren't like getting. They were wonderful. Here. They loved yeah. every second. Your kids are old enough. That's good. <laughs> Chad, Chad, how about you? Four and seven. So, yeah. Yeah, see this movie in the theater. It is, um, it's gorgeous. It is, the colors are, the palette is spectacular. You definitely want to see it on the biggest screen possible. It's just a wonderful time for sure. And, you know, train your, train your children right. Take them to the theater. It's, uh, it's a great time. All right. Yeah. And I, I can't really disagree. I'm a little more hesitant. Like, like Chris said, you've already seen it, but if you haven't, that means you're on the edge and, I don't know. If you're on the edge, maybe don't go see it. I don't know. Uh, if you have kids, you Daniel. Definitely... Well, uh, if you if you if you have kids, you should definitely go and take them. Uh, but if you haven't seen it and you don't know, and you're a you're a grown adult, <laughs> I don't know. You might enjoy it. You might you might enjoy it more than I did. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a decent amount. So. Daniel, you and I need to have a little powwow. I think you're not learning enough. Uh, from my, That's right. You know, it just mentor, feels like yes, the mentor yeah, relationship right. is over. <laughs> all right, all right. So with that, let's move into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. 
And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. The shells, for sure. Uh, that is, in my opinion, like it's Pixar at its the height of its powers with the, the shells that the parents have spread out every day, just hoping that Dory comes home. Uh, and when it came back, you could, I mean, you could hear, like Chris said at the beginning with his audience kind of gasped at the cuteness, my audience, and it was mostly the adults. There was like a kind of a, oh, like where people just completely melted down. Uh, it was just so wonderful. I got choked up immediately. And I was, as a parent, again, and you know, whatever, it is what it is. I am what I am. It was just so powerful. It was such a wonderful moment that, that you understand when you have a child that you would literally do anything for as long as it takes. Uh, and it was just such a beautiful moment for me. So I just, I couldn't, I didn't want us not to at least, you know, talk about that scene. I don't know if it hits you guys that way, but for me, man alive, what a, what a marvelous thing. Oh yeah. Uh, no, they're, really good. they're master manipulators at that. There's no doubt. And uh, <laughs> the, the music playing and the, the setup uh, that we have already experienced and the me as a uh, a jaded moviegoer, just assuming that those parents were no longer, were, were not going to actually be in there. We're going to learn about loss, and you know she still has to go on find family anyway with Nemo and Marlin, and it'll be okay. But then you know to learn what her parents had gone through, and you know where it was, it was definitely a it was a good moment. There's this no is a Pixar there. movie, not a Disney movie. If this were <laughs> Disney, the parents would be dead at the beginning and we wouldn't have to hear them again. You make a point. That's true. Yeah. Well, you also that just can't find true. Nemo. Well. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and that is yeah. kind of a common theme is, is like, you know, what would, what would parents do for their children? And yet another example of, of how far they would go. Not just, you know, not just swim across an ocean, but stay put and wait. Like that's, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it was magical. There was lots of tears and lots of kissing on my children. <laughs> so anything okay. else well, that was, wise that anybody else wants to talk about? I've heard uh, some people complain about the, uh, they felt like the plot was too similar to finding Nemo. I didn't personally, I mean, I recognize some of that. I didn't personally have a problem with that. Did any of you guys feel that at all? You know, honestly, the entire time I was trying to think of, plot beats that they were directly copying or trying to mirror. But honestly, no, I, I, I mean, I, obviously they were trying to uh, create a similar feeling. I think it's more with the characters, like the, uh, the characters taking them around and showing them the ropes and, you know, kind of protecting Marlon in the first one and helping him to get to where he needs to go. And then the similar th idea here is, is the characters are helping Dory get to where she needs to go or Marlon in this case, again, but I mean, come on, it's, it's, that's what you're expecting to happen. I mean, they're fish. There's no way that they can get, you know, across dry land without a, a magical uh, crazy bird being able to uh, pick them up and take them to where they need to go. So it's fun. It shared 50% of its title with Finding Nemo. I'd expect it to be somewhat similar. But I don't think the plot, was all, that, the plot was all that similar though, right? I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, I mean, it was about they had to swim across the ocean to find someone's parents. There was that. Yeah, but I think it was different enough uh, other than that, the finding part. Yeah, it was yeah. The, the actual beats were were different enough that it didn't, no, for me, it didn't feel terribly similar. Yeah, I felt it was more different than I was expecting. I was expecting it to be more similar than it actually was. Yeah, agreed. 
especially with uh, a, lot, a lot of the supporting cast. Like when, when Crush showed back up, I was like, oh, are we going to have him the entire time? Or And it was good. He was just in there. He was a plot beat because he had met him in the first film, but then we're out of there. Pretty it's Just as soon as, just a nice little cameo. It was nice to see him, but I, I'm glad that they didn't try and bloat it with everybody needs their, you know, 15 minutes of screen time. And, you know, and we're also going to have all these new characters. So I think they did a good job of, Staying true to the first one, but it re uh, being their own their own thing, justifying its existence on its own. Agreed. All right. So, unless there's anything else anybody else wants to talk about, going once, no. Okay. And so now we'll move into our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. All right, guys. On this week's top three, we're going to be discussing lost and found films or television shows. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, honestly, there are really no rules in this segment anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm going to throw out my uh, idea of what this is, and then the other screeners will throw that out the window and do whatever they want to do. Uh, lost and found movies. Hey, you've got something at the beginning of the movie or television show. You you lose it or it gets misplaced in some shape or form. And then you have to go find it again. Uh, and that's the basic plot. Uh, the idea of the movie or television show, you had something, you lost it and you've got to go find it again. So let's start with Chad's number three, most favoritist lost and found film or television show. Chad, what is it? I decided for my list that my roles would be limited to because when you talk about losing something or someone, I mean, that could open it up to just about anything. And I, I don't know what everybody else's list were like, you know, a quest thing where you're looking for uh, a trinket or, or something like that. So I tried to limit my list to in honor of finding Dory to a, a film uh, where it was a person who was either missing or was gone and the film essentially centered on the journey of trying to find them or reconcile with them. So that's how I put my list together. Got it. Uh, so for me and this, this movie, this, uh, I, I did it all three movies like I always do. And this uh, was a surprising list for me. Uh, and number three for me is a movie that actually, I believe Chris, you're the guy who recommended it to me a few years ago. It's in my top maybe three documentaries of all no, time, and that's no. a movie called The Imposter. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That. No, that's that's on my list too, man. That's hilarious. I thought is I was being really? smart. Okay. Yes. No, well, I mean, the thing is, is when I started going through all this stuff, and I just was looking at at different uh, things to try and jog my memory. You, uh, you're the one who suggested that to us. It's it, it, it's shot in such a gorgeous way. It's very cinematic, yeah. and it's thrilling, and it's just everything. You know, I, I don't want to. I'll let you. You know, talk about why it was on your list. But for me, it was just yeah. as good as it gets when it comes to kind of a mystery around. I believe in this one, it's a guy from Spain. I believe is says that he's the the missing son of a family that's in Texas, and the son had been missing for a few years. So, just really captivating stuff. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. But that's my number three. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the, don't read anything about it. Just go rent it or watch it. I don't. I think it was on Netflix or Amazon for a while there. I don't know if it's still there or not, but I think it's, it def- is. it's definitely worth the rent. No doubt. No doubt. You've seen it, right, Daniel? Have we talked about it with you before? I'm sure we probably. Uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about it on here. No, but yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Awesome, fantastic, great. Right. Right. 
Okay, Daniel, you're next. What's your number three film? Well, so for my rules, uh, I'm really excited for this list because it's the least defined one we have had yet. And so I'm looking forward to stretching this theme as to, to the breaking point. Stretch it. Uh, so <laughs> my rules were this. Could I somehow make a case that something was lost and or found in this movie? Yeah. And man, that applies to so many movies. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, so let's have some fun. All right. So number three, I have Crazy Stupid Love because Cal lost his manhood and his marriage and he had to find it again. And it's a wow. great movie. So there you go. That's my number three. Oh man! Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think we like okay. You, you lose, Daniel. I, I didn't know there was a loser in this segment. You've lost, uh, Melody. How about you? What's I support you, Daniel. I support you, you, Daniel. Thank you. My rules are of my own creation. So you have to deal with them. That's we've true. already. We've already. You don't have to answer. That's true. I, I'm just saying, as the, uh, the the host of this particular segment, you lose. Okay. Fair enough. Melody. There you go. Um, I also support that, Chris. I support that as right. well. Fantastic. You sound like you're going to support everybody. <laughs> Okay, well, for mine, um, I thought this was going to be really hard like to think of movies that would be good to fit in this category, and then I was thinking of way too many. So I have two lists. I'm about to decide which one I'm going to go with because one list is all like missing person movies because I feel like there's several in that category that maybe trump the other list that I have. Mm-hmm. But the other list that I have is I decided to pick like three categories of missing. So I did like best missing person movie, best missing item movie and best other category or whatever. Interesting. Um, and then All I wrote right. three. So that's what I'm going to go with. Cause it's more interesting. Yeah. Um, so in that case, my number three film is the hunt for red October. Once more, we play our dangerous game with our old adversaries, the American Navy. The man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently, he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention to fire his missiles on the United States. He wants us to help you hunt him down and kill him. Open the outer doors, firing point procedures. We sail into history. I'm going to blow him right to Mars. I'm expendable. He's defecting. Willing to bet your life on that? Give this man a chance. My orders are specific. Battle stations. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, The Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. Oh. Got it. Think about it. Fantastic movie. And there's clearly something that goes missing that is found. So there you have it, people. It's a great movie. It says it in the title. There you go. Old right. school. <laughs> All right, Josh. How about you, man? Number three. Yeah. You guys, you guys thought about this way too hard, and my <laughs> list is terrible. Since Melody went with her interesting list, I'm going to go with the other side of that, the boring list, and stick with missing persons because I have no imagination whatsoever. And my number three lost and found movie. Uh, it's kind of a toss up between this and some honorable mentions, but I'll just go with interstellar. Why not? Hmm. Why not? Ah, that's a good pick. The greatest science fiction <laughs> film of all time. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah. That's okay. what he said. Well, wait, wait till you get to my number one. 
All right. Well, I'm going to switch up the imposter just because you've already mentioned that I have a whole list. And so I'm going to swap in, uh, even though the imposter was number three, I'm going to shift that out of number three. I'm going to replace it on the fly because I can, because there's no rules, everybody. No, that's, that's also true. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Number three, I am debating. So for me, like obviously, you know, lost would be kind of like the quintessential, like television show about lost and found, but I'm not going to go there. Um, so I think I am going to go with for my number three, star Wars episode four, the rebel plans, everybody, the rebel plans. Well, that's the movie that's about to come out is the search for the rebel plans. That's true. That's true. That's true. But still R2D2 is lost and they need to find him so that they can, get the rebel plans and um yes you and daniel, sure daniel are loses. in lockstep with the rules here yeah, that, I, I like crazy stupid love i think crazy stupid love counts more than that one all right fine forget forget that star wars episode four is not my number that's not it oh come uh, on what is amazing your list situation at, at least own it talk longer i'm going to thanks I'm going a lot. To, yeah, I was, it, was, it was between that and the hangover so you know, hangover. I think their <laughs> search for the lost night is that what it is? No, for the no, no, for the for their friend. Their friend oh, yeah, is missing course, the entire time. That's what they're that's who they're looking for. So it's between those two. All right. So anyway, we're back to our number two film, and that would be Chad. What's number two on your list? Yes, yes. Number two on my list is also a documentary. Uh, it's crazy. I don't wow. didn't anticipate that. But it is a movie that I remember seeing in the theater. I don't remember just off the top of my head. I believe it was at least nominated, if not the winner of the Academy Award. I could be wrong. But it is wonderful, and it is The March of the Penguins. (laughs) And so I love that movie. And if you remember, I don't know if you guys have even seen it, it's it's about this journey and there's like they try to make it like this little family of penguins and there's a section in there where they get lost and they're trying to find the little baby and it's all emotional and it's wonderful so march of the penguins wow in your face if daniel can do crazy stupid love and chris could do star wars <laughs> i can do march of the penguins so i'm not saying it doesn't count for lost and found i'm just saying why <laughs> march of the penguins you don't like march of the penguins I what mean, is wrong with you, Daniel? And you didn't like Finding Dory? If you can you're only a, see Daniel's face right now, I wish you could see Daniel's face. It's, uh, it's priceless. Right. So sad. I feel like How it's just you? as good a movie, but what exactly did one of them lose their eggs? Like what? They're, they go yes, on this migration every eggs, year. They're not they lost. People. No, they're not all lost, but there are sections in there where eggs are lost and babies are lost and things are lost. So mm-hmm. shut up. Or may die. That's like my respect thing. for you, it's lost. <laughs> oh, no. right. See, people right. say that to chat a lot. <laughs> and my response is always, "You Fair. had respect." <laughs> Fair. Fair. Good. All right, Fair. Daniel. What's your number two? What's your number two? I guess I probably should, shouldn't have said that thing about respect here. Um, <laughs> all right. So for my number two, uh, I picked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because he's lost his memories of his relationship with Clementine and he has to get them back. Except he doesn't. All right. We're moving on to melody. It counts. It counts. No. I saw lost He erased them. Lost slash His mind is spotless. No, no, no. Lost and found. I missed that part of the rules. I thought it was lost and or found. 
No da- rules. <laughs> Listen, Daniel. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> okay. that was, that's not that doesn't work at all you lose again dan it works all right so totally melody how about you what's your number two lost and found movie all right well this movie tends to show up on many of my top three movie lists and it's because it's a fantastic movie and it fits so many categories because there's just so many awesome facets of this film and that is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's on my list too. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. It's just a fact. It's the great one of the greatest lost and found movies. Come on. Where's my? Diary? It should be on your list too. So. All right. So okay. about Temple of Doom, huh? Josh, how about you? No. What's number two for you? Uh, number two for me. Um, since I am the only one following any sort of recognizable rule set. Number two. Yeah, sure it does. (laughs) Number two is Castaway. I'll be right back. Hello? Anybody? My granddaddy used it on the Southern Pacific. I'm always going to keep this on Memphis time. You wouldn't have a match. Any chance, would you? Fire! Look what I have created! I have made fire! They think that we are right here. 160 times pi 3.1. That's a search area that's twice the size of Texas. We never, ever allow ourselves the sin of turning our back on time. I would rather take my chance out there on the ocean than to stay here and die. Castaway. Castaway. Nice. Okay. Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also he lost his life and then he found it. So that's great. But he was lost on an island. Wilson was just a quote from the movie. He, I guess he did lose Wilson at one point, but didn't find him okay so for my number two um and i'm trying to decide which one goes back i'm gonna do this number yeah number two for me uh is the martian um one of the many matt damon movies you could have picked exactly right all of his movies he gets lost uh saving private ryan all those okay so yeah born exactly right the martian uh is a fantastic film gets lost on mars movie need to find him there it is all right, so great. let's move to our number one picks, best lost and found movies. Chad, what is your number one? Well, I think it goes without saying that this number one for me, uh, I just couldn't make it my number one, is Finding Nemo, but right. I didn't want to put that on my list, so I'm just going to say that's kind of like the honorary enshrined permanent number one. I agree. So my secondary number one is, uh, a movie that I didn't expect to love as much as I did, but I bought it and watched it again and again and again. And I think it's just a beautiful film, although it's polarizing. Not a lot of people love it. Uh, and that is where the wild things are. Hmm. 
And this, this is a movie that is, I think is just beautiful and profound in a lot of ways. And it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful movie. And I think the list was lost and or found. So there you go. It's all good. All right, Daniel, you you're go. number one. So I, I actually just changed this because I, I, every time I forget that we can do TV. So I decided to replace what I had at number one because uh, it didn't remotely connect to our theme. Uh, so, uh, and this no, what was it? What was it? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to Oh, go come on. So, You've so already gone one, down that path. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it was going to be 500 in oh. the summer, just about how, uh, I forget what I had said, something about uh, he lost uh, the love of his life and he had to find a new one. That one had lost and found. Okay. I can't see that one more than the other two. It's, no, what? No. <laughs> okay, whatever. Whatever. Just, one okay, movie. what's your replacement? Okay, so I replace it with uh with How I Met Your Mother because mm-hmm. the whole show is a search for uh the mother basically. And uh that's one of my favorite t- that's probably my favorite TV show of all time. So there you go. So what so what was this we were saying about losing respect? <laughs> for one another yeah, I mean, I really yeah. just don't get me started just wanted to really circle back on that started. Sure how i met your mother is yeah. my favorite television show of all time <laughs> you've got game of okay phone. i would say might be got, okay like what everything that you have said has been completely invalidated no what no man uh, that's, no, that's a great show all right melody uh now with that bombshell uh <laughs> what's your number one <laughs> Well, okay, as exactly as Chad said, like Finding Nemo is the clear winner, but that's just not interesting because we all know like it's the best one. So that's the honorary whatever, whatever. I also feel bad for not saying Lost because I didn't realize that we could do TV. Um, I don't know why I forgot that again too, but anyways, it's not. And it just doesn't go with the theme of my list because the theme of my list is just older movies that were delightful when I heard about them. So we have Hunt for Red October. We have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And so for my top one, I was picking the best missing persons film. I'm not quite sure that I agree with my choice. But I feel like I need to go back and watch this movie again to make sure that I agree with my choice. But I do remember loving it very much. And that is, oh, I have two Harrison Ford movies. The Fugitive. Almost three Harrison Ford movies because he's in the sequel. Though. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> That's funny. He plays, Anyways, he plays the fugitive. It's, it's a fantastic movie. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It yeah, is fugitive. great. I want to, yeah, I wish you'd watch the fugitive again. Let's rent that and watch that. Let's do that. I'll, I'll, great. I'll, I'll download it for the summer and we'll watch it some, some evening. Okay. Uh, Josh, number one. Well, to quote melody, I'm not sure I agree with my choice here, but you know what? you know what forget this you guys this this whole segment has just been a complete disaster (laughs) so i'm gonna change my previously selected number one to the big short because a lot of people lost a lot of money God. And some people found. Oh, different people done. found. This is the last. There was definitely some money that was lost. I approve of the logic, but I disapprove of the choice. I approve of the choice, not so much the logic. Oh my! So between gosh. me and Daniel, you win. That's exactly what I was going for. The exact reaction from both of you. You've gone yeah. so far off. Josh, if you'll. I, this number one use is a disaster. Oh my this is what my number one used to be the Martian, but I just said forget it. Just forget it. This is that what was a good pick. When we give people the leeway, we've got to be more specific and define True. The top three. Yes, any top list that could even possibly result in the choice 
of How I Met Your Mother is inherently flawed. <laughs> How dare you? He introduces every you? segment by saying there are no rules, so I figured exactly. I'd take him up on it. All right. I so think my list is great. So. I, think, I think at least uh, myself, Josh, and Melody will agree with my number one choice. Shame on you for not thinking of this. And the poster uh, hangs uh, back here. Uh, but for me, the number one is it Jurassic Park. Yes, Jurassic Park, no. <laughs> uh, because they lost dinosaur DNA and then they found hey, it. Yes, <laughs> there you go. No, it doesn't work. That makes no sense. It works as much as half the other choices on this segment. My number one is the Best of Both Worlds, Part One and Part Two, when they lose uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise to the Borg. And have to go find him. We we got to pick episodes here. Yeah, there are no rules. The best of both worlds, part one and part two. The probably the best two hours of television ever. I mean, isn't uh, really isn't like every episode of the Next Generation qualify for this list in some fashion? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'm with you though. I'm with you. Maybe, but this is the best one I think of a missing person and. Uh, group of people trying to go find them and get them back and it can be devastating and you never knew it was going to happen. So for me, that was number one. All right, guys. So what did you think of our top three list? Was it completely insane? And should we ever do this again? Should we get more creative Please say no. Please or say should we no. be less creative? <laughs> you let us know, go to our Facebook page and let us know what you think. Because well, you there vindicate me for my love of how I met your mother. Okay, somebody it do it. No, that's not gonna happen. It's great. I think you're gonna. Yeah. and let me also say, first of all, where the wild things are, he's he's lost on an island, right? In an island in his imagination, and then he's gone, and then he comes back at the end. So, boom, in your face. Why, that's all I have to say now. Feel better. Why are you just finding? Calm down. Yeah, just calm down, John. I mean, Specifically speaking, CBS does have. I won't calm down. I'm on a phone. I've been holding a phone for an hour. My face is all sweaty and gross. I have no internet. My my air conditioner went out at our house today. In addition to our internet, so I will be grumpy. It's like that's all I have to say. And then I had to get on here and listen to Daniel talk about how I met your mother. So that just capped it all off. Well, Chad, you should watch him. I feel better now. Boost your attitude. I feel feel better. (laughs) I think we should do some honorable mentions just to make Chad feel better. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, so (laughs) do you have any honorable mentions, Chad, on there that you'd like to uh, discuss? I'm going to have to take my phone down and put on my notes because that's the only way I can see them because that's my world right now. So if you can start with somebody else, I'll look and then get right back to you. All right, Daniel, I cringe at asking you this question. No, I had no honorable mentions. No. I tried too hard. It took me forever to find these movies that that counted. Okay, no, I have no honorable mentions. You you took that long to find those movies? Yes. Yes. Melody, did you have any honorable mentions? Well, I had Shutter Island, which I don't know if it qualifies because it's not necessarily found. But I had that one. And I had Gone Girl. So there you go. Oh, yeah, Gone Girl. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Gone Girl for sure. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Uh, You know, I refuse to list Lost. Um, So. Because it was the title. It was the title. Were they ever found? Were they found? No, they weren't found, and neither were half of the other questions they asked on that ridiculous show. (laughs) I watched that show all the way to the halfway through the fifth season, and the fifth season, I was finally like, okay, there's a sunk cost fallacy going on here, and I just have to stop, and I'm done. 
and I left halfway through the last season, and that was it. And you never okay. finished it. You showed him. I never Josh. finished it. Yeah, he did. He showed. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> How about um, you, Chad? Finding Nemo and Gravity. <laughs> oh, okay. Honorable mention. Oh yeah, Gravity. That's a good one. Gravity. Yeah. Cool. yeah, I thought yeah. about that. Unless you're a scientist, then uh, then you really hate it. Just come on. Can't we have fun at the movies anymore? All right. Oh, Chad. What was your uh, what was your runners up? I would say yeah, I had I had Gone Girl. Also had Prisoners. I think Prisoners was Ooh, yeah, uh, would qualify. Yeah. As well as if I'm going to go in the same vein as Daniel's number three, uh, Dan in Real Life is one of my favorite movies with Steve Carell, and he lost uh, or his there was a lost love and then a found love in that movie. So there you go. And uh, the one that I was going to mention, I've mentioned several of them already, but uh, The Hangover, uh, definitely if you're looking for a comedy. But then also one of my favorite just um, lost and found movies and you never actually know what they're looking for or what they found was Mission Impossible 3 with The Rabbit's Foot. Um, that was oh. fun. That's a fun movie and, and lost and found. So You're listening to The Screeners Podcast. And that's it, guys, for another episode of The Screeners. We hope you enjoyed the show, our review of Finding Dory, and our amazingly insightful top three list. To hear more episodes, you can go to our website at screenerspodcast.com. You can find us on social media at Facebook. Look for The Screeners. You can email us at screenerscast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at screenerscast. Join us next time when we'll be reviewing Independence Day Resurgence. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.